Hello, and welcome to the Evie Prince series podcast. My name is Victoria Wright, inspirational writer and author of the Evie Prince series, a trilogy of books that tells the story of a 40-something woman named Evie Prince who experiences a life-altering spiritual awakening. Evie's awakening causes her to question her life and seek answers. As a result, she finds herself in a place that she never thought she would be, single, unemployed, and completely unsure of what to do next. This will not be your usual podcast. In each episode, I will read a chapter, then highlight key reminders that were included to help you, as they have helped me, on your journey of discovery and remembering what you know to be true, but have chosen to forget. To learn more about me in the series, please visit www.healingwords.online. Welcome back to Red, Red, White, a novel of true love and light. Written and narrated by Victoria Wright. Copyright 2021 by Victoria Wright. Today's episode is Chapter 6, Let It Go. The week after Granddad returned home from the hospital, we both took it easy. I cooked and cleaned for him, and on some days, almost had to forcibly make him rest. Kid, can an old man be let out for good behavior? I need to go fishing. Sorry, Granddad. Not until you see Dr. Chase in another week can you go out on the boat. Don't you miss fish? Don't you miss chowder? Yes, I do. How about I buy some quahogs, and then you can teach me how to make your chowder? You want to buy hogs, where we can just go and get them ourselves? All right, you teach me how to hog, and then you can make the chowder. Deal? Deal. We loaded Granddad's truck with his rake and basket, then drove down to the creek. I'd put the town pass in the truck so we wouldn't have any issues. I carried everything down to the beach. It was low tide, so I could walk out far. When I got into the water, Granddad said, Feel around with your feet in the sand. You can feel the hogs. Once you find one, use the rake to lift it from the sand. Oh, I think I found one! I grabbed the rake and started moving the sand. When I reached into the water, there was my first hog. I victoriously held it up so Granddad could see. At this rate, we'll have chowder next week, he teased. Okay, okay. I took the hint and got serious. In under an hour, I collected enough hogs for a nice pot of chowder. My job done. Now it was up to Granddad to shuck and make the chowder. So, are you going to show me how it's done? Or is it still a secret? I asked tentatively. The biggest secret to my chowder is getting the hogs yourself. I don't do anything special. Simple. No gourmet frou-frou stuff. Grab yourself a beer and a watch. I did as I was told and watched Granddad in his element. In no time, he had shucked the hogs and was chopping them for the chowder. 
The simplicity of the chowder was incredible. It truly came down to the freshness of the hogs. Grandma would be so jealous that I'd finally gotten the recipe. I left Granddad to raid my refrigerator, then made biscuits and a salad. Before I even got into his house, I could smell the aroma from the chowder. Mm. We enjoyed dinner in each other's company. Granddad, I want to learn more about my grandmother and grandfather. What do you want to know? He asked. When I was going through the chest, I saw their wedding pictures and early life. I also found my grandfather's postcard from South America to my grandmother. Did you know him then? I met your grandfather in Vietnam. We served together and basically became brothers. I told your father about the island, and when he got out, he and Lily moved here. Why was he so against my mother doing humanitarian work when he had done the same thing? Was it because she was a woman? No, no. He saw horrible things in South America and Vietnam and hated having to go to war. He saw firsthand what it did to people on both sides and didn't want your mother to see or be hurt by it. Then, unfortunately, his worst nightmare came true. That's why it was decided at the start that you would not know of your mother's work. Granddad looked off into the distance. Evie, what you don't know is, at a very early age, you had the same free spirit that your mother had. Your grandfather, Peter, saw it and was scared of it. He wanted to make sure you were safe. Just because I was a free spirit did not mean that I would do as my mother. True, but your grandfather couldn't take that chance. I remember he and your grandmother arguing over whether she should teach you how to paint. That creativity and hunger to see was in you, and he felt that if you painted, it would lead to other things. When your grandmother passed, it was his opportunity to make sure that he steered you in another direction, one that would keep you safe. Shock took over me. I sat in silence. Then I felt pure anger. He basically ruined my life. That's not how he saw it. He felt he saved your life. I didn't know what to do or say. Granddad continued. Evie, you can't imagine the horror that your grandfather experienced. He would do anything, even endure the anger and hate from his own grandchild before he would let something bad happen to you. As an adult, I could understand what Granddad was saying, but my childhood feelings came back. Confined, hurt, lonely, and confused. Granddad, I also found a pocket knife that was inscribed. Before I could continue, he said, Share your light. Yes. What was that about? Your grandmother, Lily, gave it to him before he left. Your grandfather was as much of a free spirit as your mother and you. Lily supported him and knew that he needed to do that work to be his true self.
Evie, your grandfather's fears were not unwarranted. He did it. Your mother did it. So, there was a good chance that you would want to do it as well. That was all I could handle for one night. Granddad and I did the dishes in silence. I was halfway out the door when he said, Your grandfather was not an evil man. He was scared. Scared to lose the thing he loved more than himself. Please, try to remember that. All I could hear was Hendrick saying, Look at everything through the lens of love. It will look different. Normally, I would have had a long conversation with Hendrick about this news, but I kept it to myself. He was going through whatever he needed to, and I needed to do the same. Before I went to sleep, I grabbed a glass of water. On the windowsill was my grandfather's knife. I examined it and tried to feel the energy from it. Then I put it on my bedside table and crawled into bed. With a deep breath, I looked at this new information with love. Before I fell asleep, I protected myself, then asked my higher self for clarity and guidance. Sleep came quickly. Flashes of light, screams, children running. Images popped in and out of my head. Confusion, fear, death. I woke to the sound of my voice, tears streaming down my face. It was still dark. I flicked the light on and sat up in bed. My heart was pounding, and I felt cold and drained. I drew my knees into my chest and sobbed. My body ached with pain. My discussion with Colby revealed a lot. She was proud that I had the courage to learn more about my grandfather and that I had looked at the information through the eyes of love. You will still have to process this more. But can you understand why he did what he did? Yes, but I have to wonder what my life would have been like if he hadn't taken such extreme measures. They seem extreme to you, but to him? He had to make sure. Plus, you'll never know what your life would have been like. I may have been an artist. Yes, but would you have been the same artist that you are today? When you painted in college, you said you sold nothing. But now, you have sold every piece you have put up for sale. Don't lose sleep over the what-ifs. Live in the present. Experience the now. I hear you. And that is what I need to focus on the most. What do you think about your dream? It was horrible. I woke so confused, scared, and in pain. You don't realize how powerful you are. I believe you are taking the memories or energy from your grandfather's knife. If that were true, does that give you an understanding of the fear that your grandfather had? Unable to answer, I could feel the lump growing larger in my throat. The pain from my dream had given me a glimpse of what my grandfather had felt. My tears were uncontrollable. 
For so long, I had such anger against my grandfather. I thought I could never please him. But all he cared about was me being safe. Not if I got a promotion or landed the big sale. All he wanted to know was that I was safe. I sobbed out. Tonight, before you go to sleep, protect yourself. Then ask your higher self to bring your grandfather to you. Speaking with him will provide you with what you are looking for. As guided, I protected myself and asked that my grandfather visit me in my sleep. Before I drifted off, I heard a familiar voice. Evie, my love, I am sorry that I hurt you. You are my heart. I have always been proud of you, but my fear turned my love into pain for you. Please forgive me. It was not until the morning that I realized he had come to me. However, unlike the joy that I had felt when my grandmother had come, this time I felt sorrow. I felt sad for my grandfather to live with that fear his entire life. That fear that killed his own daughter and the fear that maybe I would have the same fate. Grandfather, I love you, was all I could say. I love you, Evie Prince, came across my phone screen. It had been well over two weeks since I had spoken regularly to Hendrick. His text normally would have made me feel all warm and fuzzy, but not today. My response was heartfelt but distant. I hope you are well. I solicited nothing further from him. If he wanted to engage me, he would have to do more than send a text. A few moments later, the phone rang, and it was Hendrick. Hello? Hi, beautiful. How are you? Well, and you? Evie, please don't be mad. I'm not mad. That happened about two weeks ago. Now, I am indifferent. I knew my words hurt him, but I'd been through enough emotion, and I didn't want to add more to the pile. Evie, I know I owe you an explanation, and I'm fully prepared to give you one. There has been a lot of things that I needed to sort out. I didn't want to bring you into the mess. But if you loved me, why would you want to hide anything from me? I just wanted to protect you. You know what? I snapped. I am so sick and tired of people feeling the need to protect me. Am I weak? Will I break? No, it is just your own fear. It scared you to tell me. Admit it. There was a long silence, then Hendrick cleared his throat. Yes, Evie, you're correct. I am scared. Scared of what you will think of me. Scared that I don't deserve your love. I'm scared that you'll leave me. His honesty removed the venom from my voice. I don't know what happened, but I'm here for you. I don't promise you anything other than I'm here for you. I understand, and that is all that I could ask, he replied, 
Start from the beginning, I instructed. He sighed before beginning. About a month ago, a woman who I knew before I met you contacted me. We'd had a brief relationship, but neither of us were in a good place to be serious. We stayed in touch and would see each other now and again. I guess you could say friends with benefits. As I continued to turn my life around, I didn't want to have that type of relationship. We tried to be committed, but it didn't work. We agreed to stay friends, and we went to live our own lives. The reason for her contacting me was that, unbeknownst to me, she got pregnant and had a little girl. She believed it was my child. I didn't say a word. I couldn't say anything. All I could do was breathe. Evie, you still there? Continue. We did the paternity test, and it's true. She is my child. She admitted that if she didn't need me, I would never have found out about the child. He paused before choking out. My daughter has cancer, and her mother can't afford the treatments. My head was swirling, and I felt faint. I sat down and put my head on the table. How old is she? I whispered. Three years old. Her name? Asia. That's a pretty name. E Evie, are you okay? No, I'm not. But it is not me you need to worry about. Take care of your daughter. She needs you. But you said that you would be here for me. I am. But I can't tell you in what capacity yet. Give me time to process all of this. I am here, but don't expect to hear from me every day. Take care of you and your family. They need you. That said, I ended the call. How much more emotional shit can I handle? I yelled at the top of my lungs. You can handle all that is given. I heard in my head. Really? Really? What have I done to deserve all of this sorrow and pain? It isn't any more than you have endured before. You are not the cause of these things. You are experiencing the feelings from these things. You can change how you feel. What, am I supposed to say? It's not my problem. Life is all rainbows and lollipops and move on? You are on this earth to experience life to its fullest. What you consider good or bad, whichever it is, is an experience. Once you have experienced it, you can now choose what you do with it. Continue to feel the pain and make it your own, or take note and allow it to pass through. It is done, and there is nothing you can do to change it. But you can change how you react and move forward. I needed to get this out. I needed to paint. 
Looking at the blank canvas, all I wanted to do was destroy the hurt and pain that I felt. Therefore, I threw color after color against the canvas, splattering paint everywhere. My strokes followed my emotions. Elation, pain, confusion, love. Stepping back, it looked like a mess. No rhyme or reason. Just conflict. I opened the door to get fresh air and realized that I had been in the studio for hours. Inside the house, Granddad had left me a plate. I picked at the food, but I had no appetite. The emotions that were flowing within me were still so raw. I didn't want to feel this way. I wanted to love. To love Hendrick and my grandparents unconditionally. What had happened was not my fault. I did not have to feel guilty or try to make things better. I needed to love to save myself. I love you, Hendrick's talisman, was all I said. I didn't expect him to respond. That text was for me, to show myself how far I had come. Hendrick didn't make me whole. I made myself whole and I had chosen to share my love with him, if he loved me or not. Come on in, Granddad telepathically said. How are you feeling today? Good. Ready to see Dr. Chase? Sure, he mumbled. Granddad, why do you give Dr. Chase so much flack? He really cares about you. Uh-huh. He said something interesting to me when we were down at the hospital, that you were special to many people. I know there is a story behind that statement. Want to share? Nope. Okay, I trailed off. Either way, we need to get going. Don't want to be late for your appointment. <laughs> at the doctor's office, everyone knew Granddad. A young intern took us into the examining room. Mr. Brown? I will join Dr. Chase in your examination today. I've heard so much about you. Oh, really? What exactly have you heard? That you are a well-known fisherman, a war hero, that you will keep us on our toes, and that you are always willing to help people in need. I don't know who said all that. They probably got me confused with someone else. At that moment, Dr. Chase chimed in. Oh, and you forgot to say that he's also an honorary SOB. The intern lowered his head so that Granddad couldn't see him smile. I need to hang out with these people so that I can learn more about you, I said under my breath. So, Adequin, how are you feeling? As strong as a horse, Granddad boasted. Any feelings of weakness or being overly tired? Nope. Taking your medicine? Yep. Good. We will take you down to run a few tests to make sure that all is working as it should. Evie, you can sit in the waiting area while we're gone. Granddad looked at me like, Oh, yay, here we go again. And I tried not to laugh. The intern accompanied Granddad back to the waiting room. Dr. Chase followed behind. All looks good, Dr. Chase announced half an hour later. Great, I beamed. So, Doc, can I finally go fishing? Yes, you're all cleared. Finally, 
Grandad muttered. Dr. Chase looked over at me. Keep him honest and make sure he takes his medicine regularly. Will do, and thank you both. On the ride home, Grandad seemed agitated, muttering under his breath. What's up? Why are you so grumbly? I asked. That Dr. Chase drives me crazy. Acts like he's a friend or something. So he's not? He's a good doctor, but that's it. Seriously? Granddad, what is going on? Fine. I don't like that man. Obviously, but why? When you were born, he was the attending physician. Your mother had complications giving birth to you. We had concerns that you may have health issues. I heard him say to the nurses that he wouldn't be surprised, said the father was indigenous, and alluded that my son, your father, was an alcoholic, a drunk Indian. I looked at him, and he knew I heard it. He won't admit it, but down deep, I know he is racist. Oh, Granddad, I'm sorry. I would have called another doctor if I had known. Kid, we don't have that many. Don't worry about it. We drove in silence, but I could feel that Granddad was seething at just thinking about it again. Hey, remember the day I was bringing you home from the hospital the first time? And when we crossed the town line, you exhaled loudly? saying you didn't want to bring the craziness of Down Island home with you? Yep. Well, I don't want you bringing that home with us. Let it go. For you and me. Let it go. Granddad looked at me and smiled. Then he closed his eyes and exhaled. Today's episode is brought to you by Healing Words Customized Meditations. Written for you and only you. To learn more, visit www.healingwords.online. Reminder, you are on this earth to experience life to its fullest. What you consider good or bad, whichever it is, it is an experience. Once you've experienced it, you can now choose what you do with it. Continue to feel the pain and make it your own, or take note and allow it to pass through. It is done, and there is nothing you can do to change it, but you can change how you react and move forward.